Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic in This Week in WordPress and Tech. Got a great panel, got some great stories. It should be a blast. It should be, you should be entertained, my beloved audience. I'm going to let the panel quickly introduce them. We've got a special guest. We have John Overall with us, the grand master of WordPress <laughs> podcasting. So, John, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Uh, John Overall from WPPluginsAtoZ.com and uh, JohnOverall.com Business Hosting. But uh, yeah, WP Plugins A to Z, uh, from what I understand, still one of the longest continuous running WordPress podcasts. I think the only one that was ahead of me was the Tavern podcast. And then he uh, went out of out for a couple, three years, which allowed me to claim the title. Yes, it, but, um, it's your title, John. I'm entering and, in my 12th year. We just we just recorded episode 535 yesterday. So it's my 12th year of doing the show. So. There we go. You still you look been a few young. Years since I've been on this show. You, yeah, you still well probably that's why you still look young, fresh, and yeah, <laughs> um, you, you haven't been on this show that regularly. Uh, um, got my friend John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, John from LockdownSEO.com. I've got my co-host Andrew the Andrew Palmer. Would you like to introduce yourself, Andrew? Yeah, I'm Andrew Palmer, and I'm Bertha.ai and WPPluginsPlus.com. I've got the formidable Spencer Foreman on the show. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Spencer Foreman from WPLaunchify.com. And I've got my friend, well, she's, she, she might not be my friend after this podcast. Who knows? I've got my friend, Heather, who's muted. Oh, she's back. Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Heather Wild Renzi. Uh, I am the CTO uh, Digital Solutions Lead for The Difference. Yes, The Difference. Heather, where are you located today? On some patio in a lovely environment that's warm, I can tell. Oh, no, it is very cold. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, I am in London today. Oh, oh why? London. What, what? You're 24 miles from me. Why aren't we having dinner? What's wrong why? with you? <laughs> well, I have uh, uh, tickets for uh, Royal Albert Hall tonight, uh, and then so. <clears throat> but hey, there's still tickets in the box. Come visit. Come, come. It's the Christmas uh, classical spectacular. We'll connect afterwards. I've got a restaurant that we can go for dinner before the theatre. How's that? <laughs> okay. Oh, there you go. It's all arranged. That's what happens on the show. It's crazy. Um, you're in the UK. Yes. There we go. Um, before we go into the main stories. Um, we're going to go for our major sponsor's message. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic Week weekly newsletter which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the wp tonic tribe please show your support for the show and support castos it's a fantastic platform we're coming back so let's go straight into it our first wordpress story is jetpack requires wordpress vulnerability database wp scan so, Andrew, what did you think of this one? Well, 
Jetpack are trying to become the kitchen sink plus, right? So they want to they want to have everything in everything. Um, they've been using this technology for years, and they you know you called it their own Jetpack Scan or whatever it is. So it was kind of sensible that they merged them, brought them together, you know, and um, I think it's a sensible move, you know, a sensible move for the developers. You know, one you get kind of bit tired once you you've got a plugin for. 10 plus years or whatever it is or five it's a bit like years. a podcast really yeah 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 <laughs> i've only been doing it six weeks i'm knackered yeah. um but you, well, you've, you've been got... dealing you've been dealing with me more haven't you so oh, that is tiring crazy. isn't it anyway I'm, I'm back on track um it, i think it's a good idea that that jetpack has something like this you know where i use mm. blogvol um and watchful and all that kind of stuff they've got their own malware stuff built in so why not Jetpack? Why not? Yeah. What do you reckon, John, overall? Do, what do you reckon about this one? It, make, it actually makes some sense for one for once, really, doesn't it, John? Well, it does. It does. Uh, Jetpack has never been one of my favorite plugins because of all the stuff they keep stuffing into it. And mm-hmm. I have uh, other plugins that I can't call to mind at the moment that I use for doing my malware scanning and such. In fact, I hadn't even really heard of this plugin previously. So here we go. Jetpack, Jetpack Automatic, they, they are definitely on an acquisition uh, bend lately. So, John, are you saying that there was a, a plugin that you didn't know about? Oh, yeah, it happens. I mean, after all, there's what, 70, 80,000, 100,000 now? Yeah, but you are the master of A to Z plugins. It's hard to keep up. It really is. <laughs> right, there we go. That's from the master. Um, so, Spence, what do you reckon about this added feature to Jetpack? I mean, this is definitely one of the things that you could use. So the question becomes, if you're going to be infected with Jetpack, <laughs> would you at least want to have <laughs> the ability to know about it? <laughs> So it sort of it sort of reminds me of the late John McAfee. I was a, I'm a pilot. I flew these machines called trikes. And John McAfee from you know the 1980s and 90s computer world um, was a character who proved out that these things were not innuendo. Maybe Heather's joking in her mind about this. That McAfee made the infections that then they sold the solutions for, and he was not shy about that fact. So. I'm not saying that Jetpack is actually infecting people, but I am saying that the way it operates is 100% do as we say, not as we do in every way, shape, or form from phone home to upselling to, you know, like making you load stuff you don't need. Um, I'm not upset about it. I am now involved in actively doing stuff about it with regard to the fact that there is always a seesaw in life and just because there's a business interest aligned with acquiring a bunch of things and jamming them into one plugin doesn't mean people have to, you know, be clueless about it. So helping people understand there's alternatives to the, what Jetpack is doing is one of the things that I feel is my my focus for WordPress. Yeah, I just can't be nasty to them anymore. I've been so horrible to Jetpack. I'm trying to reform. It's like I think I'm being very factual and objective. I don't think I'm throwing throwing. No, you know, you're being totally honest, but I've been brutal about it. It's like kicking a Dog, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, John, what did you think of this? One? Well, um, it sounds like Automatic was already sponsoring this plugin, so acquiring them and bringing that talent in house just seems to make a lot of sense. And now they can do that specifically uh, for Automatic and and you know another thing to jam into Jetpack, mm-hmm. um, because you know, hey. Jetpack is responsible for growing WordPress to 50% of the web. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you're on message now, John. You you know, I think it's my influence that's been getting you there. So, Heather, are you on message? Are you, you know, have you drunk in the Kool-Aid? You know, that it's Jetpack that's been driving the growth in WordPress. Uh, Somewhat. I mean, I can tell you that depending on what client um, I'm installing Jetpack, I mean, uh, installing WordPress for and running it. Um, some of them, it's just easier to install Jetpack and be done with it than to have a whole bunch of programs. Um, I can tell you that certain of my clients, um, it's much easier to have one all-in-one um, 
because they can get that approved uh, mm-hmm. than to have multiple plugins. So, because yeah. um, otherwise you have to like go for approval uh, over and over again. Okay, this company, this company, this company, this company. And they don't want to do that. So uh, Automatic is very smart to be going and picking up all of these different ones. Whereas like for you and me, it, it, we don't have like somebody that we have to go and approve, uh, like get approval from in legal in compliance in all this. So from a data governance perspective, uh, I'm really happy with this. I want want to, can I jump on what she just said? Because I agree that what I found, remember last week we had the folks that were doing the directory of Mm -hmm. WordPress plugin stuff. No, that was a couple of weeks. I know it's all merging. Sorry, but the, the, we bought, we, we all understand there is a, a philosophy of business called, it's very well known now, jobs to be done. And, I think Heather really brings up a great point, which is something that I've found in my exploration. Some company, and Seth Godin talks about this, why people buy a drill, is that some people, some companies are completely motivated by different things than you would ever expect. And in the WordPress space, the fact that you have to go out and find 24 different Lego blocks and how they work together is part of the problem. But when it comes to buying it, sometimes they don't give a goddamn about it. It's only, I want to buy one thing because otherwise I got to go to the person with the checkbook and keep justifying it. And we have found that again and again, they're penny wise and dollar foolish. And they don't even care about the features. They just care like, oh, don't make me go back to that asshole again and ask for money. And I think that's a big factor for anybody who is selling in the WordPress space, who's like I say, going upstream to corporate clients versus downstream to the DIYers. The DIYers, oh yeah, let's try everything under the sun. Corporate clients are more like, who's the one that's going to have to deal with us? Oh, well, the way we solve that is that we buy all the plugins. You know, our, um, our, um, aggregation is one way to handle it, right? Um, and by the way, that that's what Liquid Web and Nexus and GoDaddy and all these other companies are doing. The reason they're doing it is because they say you just pay once a month for your corporate seats, and all the software's here, and we'll manage it for you. That's Ta-da. what I. I've made that a policy of my business career, just copy other successful businesses. It tends to work. Uh, um, (laughs) To some extent, my problem has always been keeping the money, not making it. Uh, um, So, uh, unlike Heather, who's expert at that. Uh, um, So, uh, um, on to the the next one. Sounds like a topic for another thing on financial literacy. We should do a podcast. (laughs) My ex-wife was very good at it. She's got most of my money. (laughs) Uh, um, So um, She's doing a good job managing your money now. Yeah, she is. I I can tell by the smile you've been down that road yourself. Uh, um, So on to the next... uh, Oh, God, I'm going to get... Oh, Jesus. On to the next story. Uh, On... How do you pronounce it? Owner that by the oh, can't it. Well, basically, this bloody demo just released the bar for WordPress block theme design. Well, Spencer, you did a, a one minute um, podcast episode, didn't you, recently? Yeah, and it for, was around uh, the, this subject. The WP minute, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the WP minute. Uh, um, WP ten minute. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, it was because you were doing it. Yeah, it was 10 minutes. Uh, um, so, um, I'm, I'm like, you know, when you when those space movies, like they fly into a black hole and they say, one minute here is like 10 years on Earth. Well, that's that's the one yeah. minute WP for me. So what did you think of this? Article? I'm actually excited uh, about this one because I, in, in the other spaces that I exist, uh, you know, with sales funnels and so forth, I explored and discovered this week some other things that are in the same conversation. Here's what it is. There is a huge momentum now. I mean, it's not growing. It's there for making unbelievably cool, beautiful stuff for Gutenberg natively. And the conversation I had for the WP Minute was, should we not have a default canvas type theme for WordPress instead of the annual, look, it's green and blue and 48 font, you know, pixel font on the, you know, default. Instead, give an option where you can set up the structure by default as like the the whiteboard with the magnet capability and just stick your stuff on it. Now, I have nothing against this own a theme, but this own a theme is sort of 
like one of many. Right now, I discovered today something that was equally exciting as Cadence was to me last week. And that is like Themium, who makes Tudor LMS and they make other stuff. They have Cubely. Cubely, default canvas. It's like Elementor. Default canvas theme, default, uh, you know, with theme, all the controls, all the blocks, everything sexy, starter template. You just pop that sucker in there and you look like a champion natively in the default editor. Now, I just don't know if it's going to happen, but if WordPress would just put something similar, just knock one of these things off, for God's sake, 99% of clients' pains would go away. Now, it might not be fair to the other authors because all of these are really looking and acting and feeling the same in some ways, but boy, would it make a lot of sense that if that was the, the WordPress experience, then you wouldn't get comments like you have here from, uh, like I would have given, like this fella, uh, Chad, when you go right now, and I used, um, for example, Fluent CRM and Fluent Forms to make emails. I was showing some tutorials. When I want to make long-form type-out content, and I try to use the block editor right now, what's so bad is if I, if I have to do that with the regular classic, I get weird paragraphs, weird styling. If I do it with the elements, like I put the header block in, I put a paragraph block in, I feel like I'm typesetting back in 1895 where everything has its own container. And then to make it worse, when I put it in the email, I had to put a spacer block in because if I didn't make an actual spacer block, I would look at the emails and it would up. And you know, the I'm getting a little geeky, but there was always that WP auto P function that like makes words. <gasps> just put one default thing in that when you're a writer, it's like medium or it's like Google docs. It looks like it's supposed to. And if you want to do something fancier, have, have something like these themes. We're so close. So close. So close. So close. <laughs> so John, overall, isn't this really, because um, I had a chat with Paul from WP Tuck yesterday on my interview show and he didn't mince his words, and his words were the train wreck, which is Gutenberg. Uh, um, isn't this all a consequence of a of a, a train wreck of a project, really? It could very well be. Me and Gutenberg, I'm being drugged into Gutenberg kicking and screaming. Um, but uh, fortunately, my daughter, who's working to take over my business, is embracing it fully which I'm excited about. But uh, I look at the themes and the other way they're coming across, there's a lot that's going into it. And as Spencer was talking about, the just the writing in them, that's where my fall down comes with using it, is dealing with the putting in the... Yeah, I like the analogy of typesetting in 1800s. When I used to do a newspaper, once upon a time, I had to do manual typesetting stuff. So it's it's a lot of craziness going on. And having the themes work a lot smoother would be nice. So I'm hoping this is nice. I'll have to dig further into this now that I've read a bit about it and see what it is. Yeah. So, Andrew, as I was saying, I had this chat with Paul yesterday. Um, you know, the, you know, he is usable, Gutenberg, if you, as Spencer, if you use a set of third-party plugins and the right theme. But Paul agreed with me. You know, Gutenberg you know, is going to be rescued by the the rest of the WordPress community coming on the white horse and saving it from a debauched ending. What do, what do you reckon, Andrew? Oh, I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think, you know, you've it's anything new, right? I'm used to Divi. I don't like Elementor because it's oh, funky, right? I'm used, to, and, and I use Visual Composer the other day. I love it. Oh, I, how can you live with yourself, and because Andrew? I can, because I'm, I'm open-minded. You know, and I'm I'm happy to approach things with an open mind and know that there is a learning curve to using them. Now, I built a website in Gutenberg the other day. I used the Cadence theme. Didn't use any didn't use any Cadence blocks. I just used the Gutenberg blocks. Really, you know. And I put a header and a footer in it, and oh, I coded I that in, and I was quite happy with that. When full site editing comes to WordPress properly, it's going to be a it'll be a, it'll be knockout. I'm telling you, you're all. You're all stuck in the mud with your page builders and your, you know, it's like coders. You know, web, website coders wouldn't touch page builders. All right, lose money if you don't want to touch page builders. Now coders are saying and page builder people are saying, I'm not going to touch Gutenberg. All right, lose money. 
you know, embrace it. Learn something new. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I love Gutenberg. It's fast. Listen, I, I put on the, the site with no speed stuff or anything, 690 milliseconds it loaded on standard hosting. It's Gutenberg's brilliant, and you're just going to have to embrace it. Oh, there we go. I need to go to that Chinese re-educational centre, don't <laughs> I? Uh, um, Heather, are your thoughts so as glowing as Andrew about about this story and Gutenberg in general? Um, well, I mean, if it really allows people to uh, to edit the site in a way that's not going to screw anything up, then it'll be better. But I mean, every time I see a block editor that tries to allow people to like visually change the site, then uh, the, I mean, it, it just becomes undo, 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 undo. So um, I just haven't had any luck with these and I'm, the jury's still out. So John, John Locke, what do you reckon? I mean, it's a you know, it's weird because I know that this is all a work in progress. I know Gutenberg is not done. They're still working on it. Um, it's it's weird because like they say that this is raises the bar and this is the best block based theme, and none none of the others can touch it. But yeah, then it's like uh, oh, there's these things called ONA pages and ONA posts in here. I don't know what these are. Nothing's registered for these. There's no pattern categories. And oh, and by the way, like the uh, the letter spacing default doesn't work for more than a few characters. This is not easy to adjust. So there's still things that need to be done. And and like I said, the the, the comment section says that you know if we need these block themes to make this work, then it's not ready. I mean, the the promise is, is full site editing where you can set a universal header and footer and then just put stuff in the page and like have it uh, be that page like perfectly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says, oh, yeah, at the end here, oh, users will also encounter 404 errors from themes default images. I'm not trying to like slag on the theme author, but it's just saying, you know, this whole thing is a work in progress. And I, I agree with Andrew that once it gets dialed in, I mean, Gutenberg is faster than the classic editor. But the promise of what it is and the reality, it's, it's not matching up yet. If they could get it, it would be great. And I think that WordPress would continue to dominate. But it's not there yet. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right, on to, on to a video that uh, somebody I know did. John Locke, uh, why WordPress freelancers don't make more money? So, Spencer, what did you think of this little video from our beloved John Locke? Oh, John and I always align on most of these topics because I'm in a, in a weird position because I'm a, a spiritual capitalist, but I'm also very right-wing liberal about making more money by keeping everybody in the game. I don't agree with right-wing politics that feel trickle-down works. I mean, I lived through the Reagan era. I feel that when everybody, like the Clinton era you can argue about, but at least everybody had a piece of the action and everybody was happy. And I think in a world of abundance, if we're all on this life raft, making money keeps everyone happy. And therefore, if everybody is given a piece of the action, it's fine. Here's where my take comes. It's not a disagreement in any way. It's a spinoff of it. I feel like you have to be self-curious as a freelancer. And those that sit around and complain that things are different or, or, you know, I'm cut out in this, I'm not suggesting John was, will not do as well as those who realize the excitement and benefits that come from a snow globe being shaken up. And right now, we are at that moment with WordPress where for the first 16 years, it got us to here, and now things kind of settled in where there's big players and whatever... But man, it's being shaken up real quick. And if you are curious enough to learn how Gutenberg works and how the plugins work and how automation works and all these things, you can go and find an unlimited number of opportunities. With whom? With the same people like Heather is experienced with. Find the person who works in the big company who just is too lazy or doesn't want to be bothered 
and be their advocate for WordPress on how to pick the right plugins and get it approved. Or, you know, how to make a page out of Gutenberg when your company was built on an old HTML theme and so forth. And I have never found it more exciting than now because everybody's working virtually. In the old days, you had to be in person. You had to have a shop. Everybody is this. I mean, literally, dress up whatever way you want and you're on <clears> Zoom. You're the same as everyone else. So it's an exciting time. Yes, Heather. Um, I, do, I, do, I do take what Spencer just said, Heather, but... I also know the realities of working for uh, a regional marketing, digital marketing uh, agency and the reality of most developers. And But I, I think it's a case of positioning, how you position yourself in the market to some extent. What do you, what do you reckon about this video, Heather? Yeah, I mean... There are a lot of reasons why people aren't making more money um, as contractors. Um, part of it comes into, like, if you are a freelancer, uh, you don't understand. I mean, a lot of people that are in freelancing haven't learned uh, negotiation skills. They don't know what their their value is to a company. And they also don't have uh, the book of clients behind them to prove to people that this is like that I can confidently charge this amount. And until you build that up, until you can convince people that your price should be a certain amount, then um, it's not going to be that way. Uh, like you, you're going to have to compete with the the people from India, from Russia, from wherever that are, that are charging like $5 an hour. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, there's a lot of, problems that come into this. And that's why a lot of people end up just going back to a nine to five job. It's either you're entrepreneurial and you're going to put in a lot of resources. And even if you are charging that $200 an hour uh, or more, um, you're really only making like $16 an hour with all the marketing and time and effort that goes into it. So, I mean, it's, it's, but I mean, yeah, so there's a lot, it's very complex. Yeah. That, um, I tell you, what do you reckon, Andrew? You know, um, what did you reckon about John Locke's video? Well, I liked it. I thought, you know, I thought it was on point about um, freelancers not getting the value they deserve. But Heather is again right on point. You know, we as freelancers, we, we see it all the time in Facebook groups. I'm not getting this. I'm, I'm doing a website for 250 bucks or, or whatever, and it's taking forever. Um, or I've quoted 10 grand and the guy's told me to go away because he can get it done in India for $300. Um, I wish I paid my Indian employees $5 an hour. It would be great, but I don't. So they Yeah, I've never, I've never found this mystical $5 now. Anyway, that was any good. I'm still trying to find it, but uh, it's like... It exists, but it's not, it, you know, they're no good. They're not any good. You know, and Fiverr, if you go on Fiverr now, you're going to end up spending 40 bucks. You know, it's not. It's never a Fiverr now. But it's, 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 it's making sure that, you know, I always try and, when I coach people, I always try and say to them, work out your heat, light, power, HLP, work out your shopping bill, your rent, your mortgage, your petrol, your fuel, whatever. Work out all of your costs and multiply that by 10 and then divide that by 160. And that will be your minimum hourly rate for you to just do everything that you survive. And you can probably then multiply that by a, a factor of five or even 10. And that would be your 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 outgoing charging rate. You know, when I say to clients 175 quid an hour, they go, really? And, and particularly solicitors, they go, what? I said, well, you charge 500 quid an hour. Tell me the difference, right? So, you know, you've got, you've got, and I'm very bullish about my charges. If you don't, well, I'm lucky. I've got business. So, uh, but when I was first starting, I still, I still didn't back down on my prices. I mean, I'll do the odd thousand dollar website or 500 quid website for a, a florist that wants a one page website and we build it in four hours. Why not? You know, you, and you, then you get the benefit of the hosting at 125 quid a year. Stuff like that. So you 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 kind of adjust your business and your aims around what you got. So recurring income always offer hosting. Get a reseller account, you know, and and it, it, it's up to the freelancer. It's nobody's fault but the but the freelancer, right? Because they're not valuing themselves. They're 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 kind of trying to accept the 
work and they've got to build up a portfolio and yes, I'll do it for free. But if we can just get to a level where we value ourselves, how much would we pay? We've got to pay a, pay a plumber 50 bucks to fix a tap. It takes an hour. So why can't we charge 50 bucks an hour or 75 bucks an hour? You know, so you, And that's how you balance it with customers. They say, well, you know, I can get it done for $25 an hour. You say, fine, fair enough. Here's my number. Give me a call when it all goes pear-shaped. You know, and, and just have a, have a more positive attitude about, um, you know, putting food in your fridge, really. That's, that's, the, that's the key. Yeah. So, do, you guys know, do, you, do you guys know the story of the locksmith, the automotive locksmith, where the value of people's pain is what needs to be focused on? And so many freelancers don't do this. So if you're locked out of your car in the middle of the desert and you call to a locksmith who comes out, and they get there and they realize your back door was open the whole time, they can charge you the same 300 bucks for driving out for the two seconds it took them to do the thing. People would be happy even though they feel stupid because they were stuck. If you tried to do that in the city, people would argue with you. It's understanding how to position your pain solution because I charge 300 an hour, but people aren't being charged for like making pretty websites. They have a pain that took the whole weekend. They're pulling their hair out. They talk to me for five minutes. I get paid 300 bucks. They're high-fiving me. And then they do 10 more hours. That's the thing that isn't easy to teach. I tried to teach it for 10 years, and not everybody can do it, just like you know any other skill. But you have to recognize what you're good at for finding a pain and solving it, not just like, oh, look, I know how to push a button on a web, you know, a page builder. That's not enough anymore. Um, so, John, overall, uh, as I watched the video, I, I really think the WordPress um, ecosystem is very similar to the construction industry. Um, you know, basically got um, small, medium, large construction companies, which are digital agencies. You've got freelancers, which are subcontractors. you got lower skilled, higher skilled trade. It's a, to me, um, it's exactly the same type of problems if you want to, if you want to get a website built as <clears throat> if you want to get an extension on your house. There's cheap, there's cheap, there's medium price, there's the top tier contractor. You know, you really got to do your due diligence and there's all sorts of, that's how I see the WordPress very like the construction industry. What do you reckon, John? Well, you're right in that aspect. Um, I sort of, uh, after I watched the video, I thought John was great on uh, his points on it. Uh, came to mind, I came from the automotive industry myself as my first career. And it was in the automotive industry, the freelance guys, the guys did job, same thing. You know, they undercharge. Everyone's racing to the bottom. That was one of the problems I saw when I entered this industry. Uh, I guess it's been 20 years now. But even myself, for my first few years, I didn't know how to value myself. And that's one of the big problems. I went for years undercharging. And then when I finally got the courage and realized I'm worth more, I raised my prices. And the thing that stunned me the most, I expected to lose half my clients. No. Most of them said, why didn't you raise your prices sooner? The ones I did lose were the ones I needed to lose. And I realized the biggest thing a lot of people don't think about is 80% of your income comes from 20% of your clients. And those other 80% of the clients are the ones that, you know, they suck away your time. You know, you might be charging them 150, 200, 300 bucks an hour, whatever your rate is. But the hours they ask out of you and then they nickel and dime you for everything. And then they argue with you over the bill. So... But my higher-end clients, I ended up with higher-end clients once I raised my rates. I suddenly attracted a better level of client, which appreciated my time. And when they came to me with something, I didn't charge them hours on things. I charged them for what I did, sent the bill, and they actually pay on time. And that's the biggest thing is learning how to value yourself. And that's why I thought John's video was great on that, is the aspect of learning to value yourself and getting to know what your value is. And every industry suffers from this. I was in the publishing industry for three years. Same problem there. It's like every industry suffers from this. It's just that you, the individual people have to figure out how to value themselves or find out where they 
need to be as a freelancer or self-employed, which is one of the hardest things to do is be self-employed. You've got to be a self-driver. So, so yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great video. Great. I think we're going to go for our break. Got a couple of messages from our sponsors that we most appreciate. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. It's been a great show. Um, so on to our next story. Um, so how to create more engage, engagement in the workplace amid growing employee burnout? Well, it's, this is a story from our beloved Heather, um, but also it's an ongoing topic. I found another story from Why the Great Resolution. You know, everybody's leaving their jobs, aren't they? Uh, um, so... Um, how, so let's start with John. So I had a little pop with, um, I had a little snarry remark for Heather on Twitter about her uh, article. Um, I, I've got a duality feeling here, John, but what, what do you feel about Heather's article and the wire one and what's going on in the workspace in general? <laughs> In the workspace in general, this great resignation that's going on is people are knowing their worth and they're, you know, figuring like, you know, now is a a good time to make a change since everything is in this upheaval anyway, I might as well go find a job that values me. And Heather's article speaks a lot to that of creating a culture where uh, people feel safe and appreciated. That's like one of the biggest things is if you go to work and you feel like this job is going to take care of you and not be an added stress in your life, then that's something that you want to maintain. Um, but if your work just causes you more stress and, you know, it, it, it just, and you can find similar uh, pay elsewhere, then you're going to leave that job eventually. So I, I think the article speaks to a lot of uh, good advice when it comes to creating an environment that makes employees feel like they're actually valued. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I, I probably puzzled Heather about my little twit. Actually, I think I probably I'm going to let her reply to this, but it wasn't the core message. It was the. In, and this is my polluted attitude towards it. It was the woke language of the article in my consideration. Um, but I think that, I think Heather was, because re- Heather doesn't normally come across as a, a person or that utilizes woke language. But um, I think it was also the platform, the um, website she was publishing her article on and its requirements. Um, So I I classified some of the article as woke language. But I do think there is, there's definitely a, 
uprising of resentment about how the average person is being treated at work. So Heather, you know, respond to my little, my, I need re-educating, don't I, Heather? Well, I mean, I don't think I was using any uh, woke language at all in there. Um, and uh, I do have a column. I mean, that, that the article that you're pointing out is in my, my column on Ink Magazine. So uh, if you have a problem with Ink, then uh, okay. Um, but the... I, I genuinely think it's a total, total yawn fest of a publication. Oh, well, okay, yeah. that's, yeah. that's fine. Um, but the... The point of the article is basically, I mean, people are, just just like John was saying, people are finding that the jobs that they're in, especially during COVID, they had time to reskill. They had time to um, figure out what was most important to them. And so if you were in a job that, you, that was causing you distress, um, no matter what the job was, uh, there's no reason to go back to it. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it, it has. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that rather kind of privileged middle class? No, 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 no. It's it's happening at all levels. Like it's happening. Like I mean, there's people that have said, "I would rather be homeless," and are like choosing to, uh, choosing to like go out. And because they know that they can get a job at Target, they know that they can get a job at McDonald's. They know, like, there's there's people that are actually coming off of the streets because there's jobs that are opening up to them now. Um, but there's people that are like, it's not worth it for me to to have to deal with this because I'm losing my life. So I mean, it's a weird shift in, mm. in people because because like now that they've seen, wait a second, uh, the I don't have to be productive for no end. Um, people are are taking that time to like, so, so what employers are fighting against now isn't like Facebook, Google, like all these other benefits. What people are fighting against is the fact that people just want to actually live their lives. And when you're fighting against the idea of like, I'm just going to like, nope, out of life, uh, then it's it's a really difficult thing for employers. So, Spencer, isn't this a really a consequence of corporate attitude where they treat a bulk of their employees like robots and they treat people like with contempt and trash? So they're getting what they... Uh, oh, easy. They're getting... They're just reserves, really. What do you reckon, Spencer? Just doing a mic check. Am I on this, right? I, I yes, my take on this is this is actually a reflection of the same topic I brought up in, earlier in the show. In order for capitalism to work and for the world to be balanced, you need to have incentives aligned with reality. There was a moment in time when capitalism promised something for everybody. And even when you were a corporate worker, you were promised job security and health insurance and a watch after 50 years or a pension. What we're dealing with now is a, dis, a detachment between the corporate and the investment interests that have it all with the gigantic chasm all the way to the bottom. Now, the fascinating thing about how the world adjusts itself is <clears throat> being on the very top or very bottom are very powerful places to be. At the top, you could say F you to everybody and get away with it. At the bottom, you could say F you to everybody and get away with it. It's those who try to go into the middle who realize, as Heather is alluding to, I'm pretty content staying here on the bottom and I'll just live in a van and take my gig job and I'll rent a house when I want because at the end of the day, I have to go 400 yards down the road to even compare with that once I start paying taxes and being a real citizen and buying clothes and transporting to work. And as Andrew said, you know, calculate what your net worth is after freelancing. So the problem that the well-to-do have right now is they've forgotten where they came from or they never were there, that there is no just like graduating scale from homeless up to millionaire. There is a gigantic space right now that has to be filled with logical alternatives. 
And when the companies want to hire people, like seriously, I see these conversations. It's like uh, our CEO makes 12,000% more than the $5 per hour worker. And we don't understand why people aren't running to do the job where they're being tracked with how long it takes to go to the bathroom or something. It's like, go F yourself. And why don't you take some of that money and do like some of the other intelligent small companies have done and said, you're not a message, Spencer. You need that money to go to Mars. But see, the thing is, I don't care. Like, I'm not holding a socialist sign. I'm a capitalist. The market will make it happen on its own. Like, that's the beauty of this. Like, you can't deny gravity. Drop a bunch of balls out of an airplane. They're all going to end up on the ground. And the thing that's different is that those that are at the top will eventually come around. It's just how much pain, how much time will it take? And I think that's what's also competitively interesting. The companies that are willing to invest this way, new energy, employment, insurance, all these hard issues, they're the ones that come in. And then all of a sudden, these fuck-ups, sorry, who've been like middle managers and all the rest their whole life, they go, I've got a brilliant idea. Let's pay people a reasonable wage and give them insurance and peace of mind. And it's like 1950 all over again, post-war generation. But it's always been here. Just nobody wants to do it. My, so. My, Say, John Overall, what do you reckon's going on? Well, um, one of the things I reckon going on, I've been you know, self-employed and running my own business, and I have employees that work for me. I pay them a reasonable wage. I give them the benefits I can afford to give them. Um, but a lot of what I see in companies and corporations going up now, I do have a couple of corporate clients, and they're very good. But many companies and corporations, they're no longer loyal to their employees. And that's one of the things they expect loyalty. That's one way of put that's one way of putting it, Joe. Loyalty goes both ways. They expect loyalty from their employees and the showing up, doing the work, working hard and everything else, but yet these companies aren't loyal to them. In other words, if things get tough in the company, instead of you know working to try and keep their employees working by maybe the the top end cutting down their wages a little bit or finding other ways to save to keep their employees, they just fire their employees people no longer feel like the companies they've worked for care about them, which is true in many, many aspects. The problem is, as Spencer said, yeah, capitalism will correct itself over time. These companies will feel the pain and pinch and eventually be brought down. Dealing with your employees and getting getting them, I've got employees that, you know, we've had some difficulties over the last couple of years uh, in previous times, they have they have personal life things, and I say, well, take the time you need, get it, get what you need in your life squared away before I drag you back into work. You have to consider not only what they do for you, but if their personal life goes sideways. Like companies used to actually uh, managers, they used to know about their employees' personal lives, what was going on. So if someone had problems in their life, that impacts your work. So you have to adjust your company to be able to say, okay, so-and-so is having this problem at home. Let's give them some time to help get it squared out. If they need extra hand, help them. Basically, it boiled down from my aspect is companies are no longer loyal to their employees. So, Andrew, I think in the UK it's even worse because they decided to send most of their workforce back to Europe, didn't they? So um, it's even a worse situation, isn't it, Andrew? It is. I mean, the restaurants I help manage and run and, and you know, staff in, inductions and stuff like that, we're suffering. We, we are short of staff. You know, we've got the owner working behind the bar. You know, that hasn't happened for 15 years. Um, we're, we're properly short of staff. But it's not just... Brexit, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I got a little pizza place as well, and I played golf with my partner this afternoon, and we, we've, we're short of stuff, but it's, it's the fact that people don't want to work for ten quid an hour, you know, our minimum, minimum wage now is ten pounds, so I don't know what that is dollars wise, but I think yours is seven dollars fifty, isn't it? I it's mean, something blowingly ridiculous. We are. We have got staff issues, but what John Overall was saying about the welfare of, of customers, um, an HR department used to be basically the carers of the of the staff. Now it's turned the opposite way. It's the protector of the employer um, because you know litigation and unfair dismissal and paternity leave and maternity leave. You know, one of your one of your politicians, I can't remember his name, but Butty Egg, is it? You know, got slagged off because he had paternity leave. Well, 
you know what? We've had paternity leave in this country for 20 years. You know, fathers could, you know, it's just you're, you're, you're yeah, 20 years think, behind uh, I, as far as welfare yeah. goes is, is, yeah. is for employees. I think, you know? yeah, just to finish off, I think you've touched one of the drivers of this. You know, to be a woman in America um, when you've got children is a nightmare. The, the general attitude that you face from corporate America when you've got small children and you're... You 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 haven't got a partner that is prepared to man up and help you as a woman. Um, you're and you just want to have a career and have a family. It's a freaking nightmare in America for a woman. It's just a. What do you reckon, Eva? Am I on the right track? Do you think a lot of women, you know, especially if they're not in the corporate thing, they suffer a bit, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I think they've said something like two-thirds of women after COVID are uh, not returning to the workforce. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, uh, it's impossible for them. They can't find health care. Their jobs were eliminated, um, all sorts of things. And this, the same thing happened after World War One. The same thing happened after World War II. Um, the same thing happens over and over again. Women are just lost in the shuffle. Um and, uh, there, I mean, one of the things, like in Silicon Valley, like companies like Google and Facebook, they offer uh, IVF, they offer uh, um, surrogate, uh, payments for surrogates, they offer egg freezing, they offer all that to keep the women at work and yet still allow them to have a family. They offer nanny services, um, like the idea is, well, like, oh, if, if you want to be a woman in the workplace, you basically have to have somebody else to have your child, somebody else to take care of your child, and somebody else to, like, you, you can't be a woman and raise that child. So, yeah, I mean, I always think about this myself. Like, the only way that I've been as successful as I am is I've basically lived my work life as a man. So, Which is ridiculous, isn't it? It's just bonkers, really, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, crazy. That is just, you know, crazy. it is bonkers, isn't it? But there we go. We live in a bonker world, don't we, Heather? Uh, um, so um, on to the next stop. This, um, oh, Abba, just for Spencer. Uh, um, uh, um, so they become virtual in their 70s, Spencer. What, you know, what did you think of this story? Took me three weeks to get the story in here, I think, or was it two weeks? But it's all merging though. I understand the time's just merging. It was easier for me to get a personal call with Matt Mullenweg to get than get the story here. So (laughs) here's the deal. (laughs) That's my mic drop. Okay. Abba. I'm sweating there. You mentioned the man that shouldn't be mentioned. I'm sweating Uh, there. Abba, for the for those that don't know, those kids who watch the show, right? All two of them was the super group of the 70s, but one of the things that I appreciated most about them, and I'm, I'm, I play music, I'm an instrumentalist, uh, guitar and keyboard and bass and stuff. The thing is, I really appreciate music of their era because it was really authentically created music, right? No synthesizers of any degree and so forth. But they ended very quickly around the end of disco, like 78, 79, and they've sold a jillion albums. But the point is, they decided that even though they were married couples and divorced to come back together. But the thing they're doing is the technical fascination. They've decided, because they are so clever, they're going to make, and they did make a new album in the same way they did back then. It's all real singing, real instruments. But they realize that none of the kids today are going to want to watch their great-grandparents dancing around, shaking those old you know, wrinkled booties. So they made digital avatars of themselves And they're going on a multi-city tour where they're projecting these young, cool, hip avatars in live real time of some way. They won't reveal how they're doing it, singing the new album. I'm getting getting mine done tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, the weird thing is it's like a mix of all the topics we were saying in the past. Like, there's some AI, there's some virtual reality, there's some... You know, how should things be produced? There's some uh, what's old is new again, nostalgia. It's the Abbaverse. It's the what? (laughs) Abbaverse. A much better concept than Facebook verse, isn't it? Well, I just... 
Go ahead. I was going to say, they did this once with like Tupac and I think Michael, they did something on stage where they brought him back like in a, a 3D and everybody was freaked out. Well, I just can't wait for Tupac and Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston all to get together with their holograms to like do a concert, like a, a concert battle against the ABBA holograms and and then like right. have a Japanese Vocaloid come out and just like just kill them all because they're so much better at this. Uh, it'll be like a nice video game hologram concert. It'll be awesome. It, I mean, if you, if you think about the experience too, I want to tie this into one other subject. Remember we talked about like the VR headsets and how I, in the last vacation, staycation, got my kids the, the Oculus Rift 2 and Facebook, you know, you got to register. But the point I'm saying is... You do that to your children, Spencer. I did it for me because the physical stuff on there, the boxing and the skiing and the climbing and so forth, it's incredible. But I'm saying, like Andrew and Heather are talking about going to a real show. We are this close to being like, hey, let's all go meet the, the London Symphony or whatever, you know, the Royal Albert Hall, virtually... And then we're going to watch the the new, you know, like Paul McCartney, 24-year-old version, who, by the way, if you've seen the Beck videos, Paul McCartney has got his new music with new artists, but he's got like this synthesized young version. I find this awesome because it brings together all the nostalgia with all the tech. And it's just... There we go. Cool. So, Andrew... Oh, he's, fag, he's got his fag in his mouth. Uh, um, so, when are you having your new digital new self-producer, Well, I just, I just like to say that nostalgia isn't what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? Because it changes, doesn't it? And that's quite a, quite a thing is, uh, you know, Spencer's nostalgia is different to my nostalgia. You know, he said about ABBA being um, non-synthesizer, so I was into Queen. You know, they were a massive massive influence on my musical life i've got a little keyboard here and guitars as well so and i'm not particularly good but i love it and um i've forgotten the question really but oh the um it the, happens to me every the day now. That's yeah. what you mean, the avatar. Somebody at my age you know i'm 61 you know so <laughs> but it's uh you, I love it. Have you seen the vid? Did you see the video of the, of ABBA of when they they they've got their digital young selves? It's phenomenal, and I used to. I love ABBA. I mean, I'm I'm not going to hide away from that. I absolutely love ABBA. That whenever an ABBA song, and it's amazing how many of the songs you know the lyrics to. You know, you can remember the lyrics of every song in the world, and you can't remember the guy's name that you met last week. You know, that's the that's the problem, isn't it? But I love it. I I want to see. I I. I'm really intrigued by the metaverse and what it can bring, and um, the mind boggles. And, and learning golf, you know, I've got, I got, I got a little Oculus, and I, I play golf with it, and it's, and it's. Brilliant. I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked, Andrew. I've even got my Facebook glasses. I bought my Facebook glasses. Yeah, there's no hope for you, crowd. Yeah, they are. Oh God. I'm sure Heather's got a pair. Uh, um, so Not the Facebook uh, ones, no. no. Oh, you'd be great. You need to go. you show you how they work, won't you? Uh, um, I'm going to cut it now. We're going to, because we don't want this warm piece, this podcast part of the show. So let's go on to our recommendations. Mine, obviously, is ABBA, winner takes all. Uh, um, a, crit- a quick critique. I know, obviously, the song is about their personal breakup of their marriage how they some of the um, versions of this song that is painful to watch them sing this song uh, um, but it's a great it's a great pop song so um, John overall A to Z master have you got a, a recommendation of the week for us, John? A plug-in or a recommendation? Oh, he looks puzzled. Yeah, uh, I am um, puzzled. Well, that's that's usual for guests that come on this show. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a few seconds to think something up, find something, at John. Um, Andrew, have you got a recommendation of the week? Oh, you're muted, John. Oh, Andrew. You're muted, Andrew. Is, is, oh God! Um, can somebody jump? I'm oh. back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Talking about freelancers, you know, it's quite important. John Locke was, um, you know, and I was in a lovely little Zoom meeting with um, Stephanie Hudson last night. A little Facebook group has these these great little meetings, and uh, we're talking about uh, our client onboarding, and that is 
important in, in, in as much as you getting the right price out of people. So if you have a great onboarding situation and you teach yourself how to run a project and you can persuade people that you're there. And one of the things that they, they showed me last night, which was fantastic, was a thing called Project Pack. Um, and it's projectpack.io, no, .co. Um, and it's also, they've also got client portal. So just, you know, I'm going to recommend the whole suite. They've got this client portal, which is just phenomenal for, for co collecting content and for educating clients about what they need to do. And if you, if you sign up to one of those things, like content snare or anything like, you know, these tools that allow you to collect content from your customers, you will immediately give value and show your value so you can you can charge more so the the, the main thing is projectpack.co it gives you all the documentation for to be a freelancer and then you can go to client portal and set up a client portal for onboarding and charge more and get and, and show the added right. value. make sure the links are in the slack channel apart from john overall who, which we will put that in for him um spencer have you got recommendation for the tribe Yes, I don't know. Many of you realize uh, Google's recently reorganizing all your stuff again and forcing it down your throat. So I rely heavily on using Google Calendar as well as Google Apps. I don't know what's going to happen to everything. But anyway, I was a little frustrated with the jankiness of how the calendaring was working. So I'm going to recommend vimcal.com as an alternative. It's another app and it's a charged one, but they seem to have optimized a lot of the rough edges. And I do enjoy a lot of the stuff I get from my Google apps or Google suite. I use it for everything. But yeah. like sometimes it's just like yeah. one small annoyance. Mm -hmm. In fact, even on the iPhone, they recently updated the, the way the calendar works on iPhone where mm -hmm. you go to put in the time for start and end and they separate it by the numbers. And now I don't, I can't ever really program it in again. So remember a long time ago, Heather, I gave Heather a hard time because her company bought out my favorite Mac uh, uh, app, which was called Skitch. And Evernote screwed it up forever. And it was like just one small change can sometimes make a difference in your productivity. So. There we go. Heather, have you got a recommendation for the tribe? I do. So um, funny that you said tribe. Um, so I'm like the community guru. I like uh, focus on building communities. And lately uh, there's been a tool that I've been using to build some of those communities. Um, and it's called Circle. Uh, so circle.so, uh, it's been really helpful uh, for um, creating new communities and um, it has a great API. It integrates well uh, with WordPress and with, with sites that you probably have. So uh, circle. That's right. John Locke, have you got a recommendation of the tribe? Yeah. So keeping on the ABBA theme, there is a mashup uh, out there. I think the original video got taken down but this is this link is to another one uh it's a mashup of abba's uh super trooper and van halen's jump it's the most perfect uh mashup that's like ever been done it sounds, it's it, so, sounds it sounds it's seamless it sounds heavenly. it is it's seamless i mean yeah. you would think that this is the way the song was intended to be it's pretty cool so grandmaster of A to Z plugins. Have you got a, a, a plugin recommendation for us? All right. Well, I do have one. Had, it took me a while to finally get one into my head because, you know, you put somebody on the spot, their brain just goes poof. Yeah, All information's a, gone. I'm such a bastard, aren't I? There yeah. Is. Well, I, I didn't realize I needed that. If I had, I would have come up with it. But I do have one. I use it on my uh, Rogue's Tavern website for my recipes. And if you're doing recipes or you can recommend someone that needs a recipe plugin, the WP Recipe Maker is an excellent plugin. It's a freemium plugin. You can get the free version at uh, uh, wordpress.org. And the premium version is well worth the money because it adds a lot of functionality to it that allows you to put links into your ingredients. It's like you can use it for marketing. If you have Amazon uh, affiliates and stuff, you can put links leading to the products you're selling when you're listing the recipes. And it's extremely SEO friendly. So that's great. There you go. Uh, Check it out. One it's of, can recipe one of the regular panel find that and put it into the Slack channel for us? That'd be great. Uh, um, so panel, great show. 
We're going to end the podcast. We're going to we got a bonus session which you can watch on the WP Tonic Facebook group page, Mastermind group page, or on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. But you can watch that live. You can watch the recording only on the group page. And in the bonus content, we're going to be talking about the base, the best native or SaaS based CRM that can integrate with WordPress, or if you go natively, you won't have that problem. We'll be having a a good discussion about that. And I think it's been a great show. We'll see you next week, Tribe. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 